call yourself a feminist? Yes, an intersectional feminist. I don't need you to protect me. I just need you not to harm me. I can protect myself. I am very capable of doing what I need to do. Okay? Uh, okay, sure. 100%. Wait, what? If no one is trying to harm you, why would you have to protect yourself? And please, protection is like the number one thing that women want from a man. Most women won't date a guy who they feel can't protect them. Uh, you date a shorter guy. What? With shorter guys, I don't feel as safe. I have to say that I have been given more requests to do this Jubilee video than any other video. That being said, I'm generally not a fan of watching debates. It's one thing to watch a Ben Shapiro destroys clip where he is owning someone who is way less skilled than him. Those are fun, but outside of that, most debates are a chore to watch, they accomplish nothing, and very often at the end, the two sides hate each other. That's not productive. What needs to happen is an innovation of the techniques that we use to debate each other so that the debates are more enjoyable and actually solve problems. There also needs to be a cultural rejection of character attacks and non-arguments. Now I know, everyone wants to believe that the other side is stupid, but the fact of the matter is that you can learn a ton from people you disagree with. In fact, even if they genuinely are stupid, you can still learn from them because you can study the ideological possession they are under, which informs you how to better deal with those people. So we need to continue working as a culture on conversation techniques that allow healthier and healthier discussions. Good debates shouldn't breed hatred. They should breed mutual respect, even if you completely disagree at the end. I think Jubilee's series Middle Ground is onto something in the way they structure debates. The thing that really stands out to me is that they ask a question and whoever agrees from either side can sit down and talk about their common interest. Very often this results in the opposing sides coming together on certain ideas, which humanizes them and kills some of the anger in the debate. With that said, let's destroy some bad arguments. But first, if you like the content you see on this channel, then consider making a donation. Viewer support is the best way to keep independent content creators independent from big tech, so your support is highly appreciated. Links to my PayPal, Patreon, and Subscribestar pages can all be found in the description. And also, don't forget to support me on Alt Tech. You can find the links to my Parlor page and my BitChute channel in the description as well. Okay, the topic of this Jubilee video is toxic masculinity, so let's have the feminists give us an example of toxic masculinity. If you have friends that are having locker room talk, as a man, as an ally, please say something to your friends. Do you think repressing that is really the solution here, though? If it's in a healthy male space... I don't think that's healthy. That. I hate to pull the former yoga teacher card yet again because it feels like I do that far too much, but I have been around a lot of women. More importantly, I have been around women in situations where I was the only guy in the room, and I have to say, women have their own, air quote, locker room talk. I have heard women say things that are way worse than what a certain orange person said, so don't pretend that women are perfectly refined while men are savages. Women talk the same way when they are alone. So, I mean, if you're making jokes and you're doing all of that... Jokes that are harmful jokes are not healthy because they just lead to people normalizing things. People always say, oh, it's just a joke. But when someone else hears it, they don't realize how that resonates and, again, how that turns into violence. I get it. If you say something that Alicia doesn't like, you are a violent person. Really? I thought you were strong and independent. 
but you can't handle words? So much of feminist ideology is, I'm weak and can't handle certain things, therefore you need to make everything safer. Real mental health is not about making the world safer. Go up to a tiger and tell him that he threatens you and he needs to stop hurting your feelings. Do you think the tiger cares? Do you think criminals care about your feelings? When you actually help people, you don't make the world safer, you make the person stronger. If you can't handle words, that's your problem. But don't go telling me that I can't talk about certain things, particularly in private, because they offend you. Limiting speech actually makes the world more dangerous because it prevents us from discussing and solving problems. In case you haven't noticed, the number of things that offend feminists keeps going up. Eventually, we won't be able to talk about anything. So right what, what's the alternative? Men shouldn't talk about these things. No, I think no men can have a healthy that. dialogue. I don't think men have to be toxic in order to have a conversation. I know plenty of men that are able to have conversations about healthy, productive, productive things, just like women are. Oh, so it's women who have figured out how to discuss things the right way. Men have it all wrong, with the exception of a few good ones. If you don't use the wording we approve of, then you are toxic. I do consider the rights of every human, but... um. Every time I hear of a men's rights activist, I hear anger and I hear very illogical reasoning. All right. Obviously, this. When you visit Arizona, time is measured in moments, not minutes. Like the moment you see the Grand Canyon for the first time. Visit a new state of mind. Learn more at hereyouareaz.com. This is a projection. So let's skip to the part where she does the behavior that she says is wrong. The things that stand valid, like that I'm hearing from y'all that are like valid to me, come from a place of like, I'm treated like unfairly by the system versus a lot of the things women are saying. It's also America in the system as well, but a lot of it is like harm from men. How and where? It started when I was young. I'm not going to talk too long. I was 16, got a bottle thrown at me because I told a boy no. It started when I was in a club. A boy touched me. I said no. He kept touching me. It got to the point he got violent. It gets to the point that the only reason why a man decided to stop touching me in the bookstore I talked about earlier is because he realized my husband was not too far away. And he said, sorry, bro. Never said sorry to me. That's why. This is why I get upset because I'm like, I'm here to talk about, like, how you feel. But when you just dismiss the fact that women actually have experiences, that's when it seems like it's about more than your rights. It seems like it's about your ego. And that's where I get pissed off. Because how dare you tell another human being that their experiences, what they're telling you right in front of your face, is not valid. I didn't say they were invalid. I said how and why. I'm trying to understand. How and why. Right there, we saw anger and illogical reasoning. In fact, during this entire discussion, the only ones who got emotional and got angry were the feminists. The Asian guy, Zach, remained perfectly calm while Alicia raised her voice at him. Her statements weren't even relevant to the topic being discussed. Before she went on her tirade, they were talking about government and family courts. They were talking about the system, and she goes on and brings up her personal history that is not relevant to the system at large. Just because you keep having bad experiences with men personally doesn't mean it's a systemic problem. At least in your case, a man throwing a bottle at you is against the law. However, taking all of a man's money in family court is not only legal, but it's encouraged by a sizable portion of the population. Clearly, Alicia is a trauma survivor from childhood. She can't self-criticize, and more importantly, everything to her is about victimization. That's how trauma survivors see things. She is so into the victim complex that you can't even make jokes around her. 
And this brings up a point that I believe I've made before, directly and indirectly, which is that radical leftist ideologies tend to attract trauma survivors. Their ideas are less about doing what's right and more so a projection of their untreated trauma. Of course, my sympathies for whatever happened to Alicia when she was little, but I imagine that she would see the world as a much different place if she started taking care of her mental health problems and stopped putting herself in situations where she can be victimized, as trauma survivors tend to do. She states that she can think of 30-plus stories of her being victimized off the top of her head, which is a huge number. That's not normal or random chance. It's also a sign that trauma and victimization is always on her mind, which again is an indicator of untreated trauma. I do feel empathy for your personal experience, but I cannot sympathize with your ideological position because that ideological position is built on a fallacy. I could not agree more. When it comes to things like, oh, men can't be uh, abused. I've actually have had this conversation with another woman, and it's the idea that just because a man may be physically stronger than us does not mean they cannot be abused. And because of that, uh, again, fairness, women need to be held accountable as well. I will say that out of all the logically inconsistent things that were said by the feminists in the discussion, it was actually pretty nice to hear them say this. Because a very large percentage of feminists like to ignore that about half of domestic violence is initiated by women. So I'm glad one of them said that. Anyway, let's move on to the next topic, which is about rights. I know as a woman that I don't have the same physical strengths. Men and women are built differently. I think whenever things are built differently, it's for a reason, right? But at the same time, the amount of... Uh, limits that have been put on women historically, like the fact that not too long ago we were just allowed to like start voting. Even today, like the wage gap, just all types of stuff, like women just don't have a lot of rights that are just, it should have nothing to do with what gender we are. Okay, again, I'll give the feminist another victory. Alicia admits that women are not as strong as men. Actually, Bea, the one who spoke in the previous clip, did too. So at least these two are not denying something that is scientifically obvious like a lot of radical feminists do. That's good. However, everything else Alicia said was completely wrong. First of all, this was recorded in 2019, and Miss Logical still believes in the terrible science that is the wage gap. As for rights, the big problem here is that feminists do not understand the original philosophy behind the term. Rights are supposed to be a negative. Rights are things the government can't do to you. For example, the Eighth Amendment says that there shall be no cruel and unusual punishment or excessive bail and fines, which means the government can't throw you in jail for 20 years and fine you $10 million for stealing a candy bar. The punishment must fit the crime. Now, if you read the Bill of Rights, you'll notice that there is no gender listed. You'll also notice that there is no race listed. A lot of the founding fathers were anti-slavery, but didn't have popular appeal at the time, so they wrote those amendments in the hopes that they would eventually abolish slavery, as well as remove other racial atrocities. They were right. Outside of that, the only real things that women didn't have the right to do were vote and own property. All of that was changed in the 1920s. The government hasn't been allowed to prevent women from voting or owning property for more than a third of this country's life. That's not recent, like Alicia said. So what do you mean by equal rights? Rights are gender neutral. Feminists don't mean rights when they say rights. They mean privileges. 
getting your college paid for is not a right, that is a privilege. A privilege that, by the way, is not granted out of thin air. People have to spend their hard-earned money on that against their will. That would be forced labor, and I'm pretty sure that we decided that forced labor was a bad thing about 150 years ago. The small things, like a tax on a box of tampons, do you think I choose to, to do this monthly? No, trust me. So why should I have to pay taxes when this is a medical necessity? Do you know why you have to pay taxes on tampons? It's because of all the damn privileges that you want. This is the problem with what feminists describe as rights. It just becomes a shopping list of things that women want. It will never end. Once they get free school, they'll move on to tampons. Once they get free tampons, they'll say, I didn't choose to be required to eat to survive. Food is a medical necessity and it should be free. If you don't want to pay taxes, stop asking for free stuff all the time and start earning stuff on your own. The difference between women's rights and men's rights is that men's rights are actually rights based on the original definition. One of the big things that MRAs advocate for are laws against parental alienation. Provided that the father is not a criminal or a danger to the child, women should not be able to use the government to alienate a child from his or her father. Two other big issues are child support and alimony. You know, there are laws against excessive fines, but there aren't laws against excessive child support and alimony. If a guy has enough money, he can literally be forced to pay hundreds of thousands of dollars a year in alimony and child support so she can live in the lifestyle she's become accustomed to. And yes, these things pretty much just go to women. 85% of child support goes to women, and 97% of alimony goes to women. Not only that, but child support encourages parental alienation because the less time the kids spend with their father, the more money she gets. And you know these things are wrong because in the few cases where women actually have to pay child support and alimony, they get pissed. Are there any feminist organizations that have done anything, for example, to challenge bias against men and fathers in yes, the family court system? Yes, absolutely. Can you please uh, give me like a list of feminist advocacy organizations Look. that have engaged in any meaningful advocacy to address those issues? Because there are actually none. Okay. I know that you came with your little research or whatever. I didn't come with a list of like feminist organizations, but I know actively that there are women's organizations that are trying to dismantle those inequalities. Just one, just one name, just one Again, I didn't come with a list, my dude. I had to put that one in there because by far, Mimi was the most annoying out of the three feminists. Her lack of education on her own talking points might have something to do with that. Now for this last part, I am certain that people want me to talk about Derek the incel, so here are some words from Derek. I don't believe that uh, men and women are equal under the law either, or they should be rather. Children are not equal under the law, and it's not because we hate children, it's because we love them and we want to protect them. I want to note that you brought up children being unequal to adults. I just hope you weren't comparing women to children. I mean, I, it was technically a comparison of okay. women and children. I so I have been reluctant to cover this debate because Derek is a YouTuber, and about two months ago, he released this video. My understanding is that he is still alive because he was caught in the act, and he is currently in treatment without access to the internet. I will say there is a reason that Derek is an incel, but on that subject, you can see that he has made some improvements since the filming with Jubilee. He has a much better haircut, he lost weight, and hopefully he got rid of that bumblebee jacket. He looks a lot better than he did last year. The problem is, though, that if you are that low, 
it takes a lot of self-improvement to actually see change. However, and I do speak from experience, things do get way better if you put in the work. You just have to be very patient. Hopefully he comes to that conclusion. Now that that's out of the way, allow me to address his argument. This is clearly a projection. You can see him throughout the video posturing himself like a child. For a big portion of the video, he curls up and makes himself smaller. And here you can even see him swinging his legs like a little kid on a stool. None of the other people do that. As for what he said about women in general being children, I don't agree. I do think that plenty of women act like children, and I have quite a catalog of videos that show that, but the reason they do that is because everyone keeps doing everything for them. One of the purposes of this channel is to get men to stop doing that so these women can actually grow up. You should not be supporting a 25 or 30 year old child just because she is attractive to you. They aren't taking responsibility for anything because you are enabling them not to. Stop being a simp and enabling them. Before I end this video, I want to go back to my sentiment from the start, which is about being able to listen to people you disagree with. Christmas is my favorite holiday, and every December, I have certain rituals I repeat. One of my rituals is watching all of the Harry Potter movies. At this point, I've seen them all a ton of times, and out of all the lines in those movies, I think that this one has had the most impact on me. He who must not be named did great things. Terrible. Yes, but great. It was this line from the first Harry Potter movie, referencing the villain, that got me to start studying evil people. Voldemort is incredibly evil, but he is also incredibly powerful, meaning that he has an understanding of how to obtain power and how to do things that are great. People are so afraid of listening to their opponent that they miss the fact that their opponent might know something useful. Oftentimes your opponents will say valuable things that your friends never would. I learned a lot from Edward Bernays and Saul Alinsky, and I fervently disagree with their actions. It turns out that some of these incredibly evil people are extremely effective at what they do, and it would behoove you to figure out why they are so effective. These people all write books, you should read them, steal their techniques, and use them for good. You'll find that a lot of the principles that led them to being effective are actually amoral, which means all you have to do is use the moral version of that principle instead of the evil one. For example, I can't say who this is because I don't want to get blocked on YouTube, but there is a very famous evil person that you all know who said when you speak to an audience, you should speak to them so well that even the most uneducated person in the room can understand you. That is an incredibly useful presentation technique, and I'm not sure I would have learned that if I didn't read his book. This particular tyrant also said that if you want to accomplish a great task, you have to break it down into small steps. A very accurate perception, and I use that technique all the time. You can learn all kinds of information from people you disagree with, or people you even hate. If you want to be able to think effectively, you need to diversify your sources of information. Echo chambers are why these feminists make such bad arguments. But with that said, I think that's enough for this video. If you liked it, hit the like button, subscribe if you're new, comment and share. If you would like to support this channel, then you can do so with PayPal, Patreon, or Subscribestar. You can find all of those links in the description. Last, if you haven't checked out my BitChute channel or my parlor page, 
You can also find those links in the description. Otherwise, thanks for watching, and I'll see you in the next video. When you visit Arizona, time is measured in moments, not minutes. Like the moment your work stress disappears as you kayak through the canyons. Or the moment you discover the life-changing effects of prickly pear chocolate. But nothing beats the moment you see the Grand Canyon for the very first time. Visit a new state of mind. Learn more at hereyouareaz.com.